Great. So it started now. Hey guys, and welcome to a new episode of uh, Digital Micropreneur, where we talk to entrepreneurs. We try understanding their learnings. We understand what they have done. And today I have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Apurva Vora, on uh, this podcast. Uh, Apurva has uh, almost two decades of experience, and I was just looking at his profile, and he has done so much work in multiple categories. Uh, he's also somebody who uh, has shifted uh, to entrepreneurship at at an age which is which a lot of people plan to retire and people don't move forward but i think this is the grit and this is the spirit of entrepreneurship which which no matter what age you are what you are doing you will never stop doing that so uh, welcome apura to the podcast thank you thank you very much abhishek great great yes. so apura why don't you tell our listeners something about you and uh, while i was talking to apura before we started this podcast i was actually amazed to know that apura is is one of the pioneers who has worked into stock market exchange and, and how it moved to digital front so interesting story apura we would like to get all the stories from you and when i ask my guests i also ask them to start from the beginning maybe from school college so we can have a lot of learnings also and yes. understand your journey so abhishek thank you uh, thank you very much for having me on uh, this podcast and uh, allowing me to share some of the views and learnings that i have had over this journey so um, uh, you know you're taking me back to my schooling days which is like really long back uh, so i i am born brought up and educated in uh, a place uh, by name rajkot in gujarat so i had my uh, entire education there uh to be very honest enough uh, an average student initially for uh, a reasonably long time right uh, you know i keep on saying that uh, unless and until someone finds a purpose you always remain by and large average it's right. only when you get a purpose you and, and a direction that's where you try to change right so i did my uh, you know initial schooling in rajkot uh, uh, which was like any other student would have had uh, you know mixed bag uh had my uh, you know pair of uh, failures in that sense that you know you would always be uh, in between your average uh, uh, rankings and scores and everything so hmm. it was not something which i would be really be able to boast about any point of time hmm. uh, passed out my graduation almost in similar fashion uh, it was only after that that uh, there some degree of purpose and seriousness started coming in right when you started having this feel that you need to really catch up and whatever is lost is lost But right. you can always make a restart, right? So while not much to speak about the schooling part because that's not very exciting, and one word which you use on a lot of your other podcast hmm. is the masala part of it. <laughs> so, so let me uh, speak about that part as well. Yes, my real masala part started uh, uh, much later, post my uh, basic graduation. Mm-hmm. I did my commerce graduation, and then uh, there was a gap of almost about seven, seven and a half years. Hmm. post which i retook to studies oh but in between uh, what happened was slightly more interesting for people to know and that's where the seeds of entrepreneurship could have started hopefully yeah. so uh, immediately post my graduation i started learning software development at that time and this i'm talking about is in mid 80s okay now mid 80s for someone to think about in learning software development was very very new in those times Hmm. and that too in a place like rajkot where there was no major scope for any formal education for someone to have right 
So it was all learning by yourself. Uh, you know, we use the word DIY today very easily, uh. but <laughs> that is something which I started doing at that time uh. to learn the software development aspect. Okay. Now I keep on saying this that the initial experience of software development continues to help and help even today. Mm. Because if you are a software developer, you can't be sitting in front of your client to understand that business very long. You right. have to understand somebody's requirements in the minimum possible time. Right. If I were to develop a software on hospital, I can't be sitting with the doctors to understand the entire process for hours and hours together. Right. So you have to develop the art of understanding somebody much more quicker. Do your systems analysis and work your own flowchart to give some kind of a solution at minimum iteration. Right. I think that was a nice learning that uh, what I did not learn in the textbooks, I started learning of my own in terms of understanding someone a little quicker and faster. Hmm. And that helped. Uh, almost a couple of years into my software development stint and uh, two things happened which were very exciting. So two of my software were mentioned in the, um, in the popular magazines at that time by name DataQuest mm. amongst the top 100 products in India. Wow. Mm. So barely two years post your graduation, uh, while having passed commerce graduation, doing software development activities thereafter. Mm. And mention of two of those software in those magazines mm. amongst top 100 products in India would give a different kind of confidence at least. And that's where the masala started happening slowly. <laughs> right. Uh, then went on to do a couple of interesting assignments and the most interesting one thereafter was the entire computerization of uh, Rajput Stock Exchange. Wow. Mm. So the, you know, as everyone would know, a few years back we used to have, uh, or a couple of decades back rather, mm. we used to have Stock Exchange working on an outcry mechanism. Okay. And it was only in the uh, early 90s that one after the other Stock Exchanges started getting uh, digitized. Okay. And the traditional style of shouting and doing your trades right. uh, silently moved into digital, digitally punching your trades. So, so were you, have you seen that shouting? Uh, yes, I have seen that. It? Yes. I, I have been in the ring to see that uh, live oh. many a times over. Wow. And wow. unless and until you are part of that, you will never be able to learn how to digitize this. So you have to be there in the mud at that time. Right. And that is what I, I had the luxury of seeing. Uh, also, what it did was that uh, as a software guy, you have to understand the domain that much more deeper hmm. and the process part also that much more deeper. So that helped in terms of entire process conversion into a digitized format. Right. Now, uh, that was a very, very nice learning, uh, uh, very exciting times as well. And the best thing was that that was around the same time when we had the Hershad Mehta scam hitting the markets at that time. So you. You know, you ended up seeing the good part and the bad part of the market in that period very easily. Right. Now, when you learn at somebody else's cost, it's a much better learning is what I always keep on saying. Right. And here I was learning because there were someone else who were losing money hmm. and there was someone else who were enjoying those kind of market conditions and you could start understanding the pulse of the markets much better from right. a distance. Hmm. Uh, then came a stage where I... You know, I, and I keep on quoting this many times over that, uh, you know, if you carry a Gujarati blood in a stock exchange environment, infection is bound to happen. Right, right. I started liking the financial markets much more and started taking a decision that slowly, steadily, I would want to move to financial services. But honestly, Abhishek, uh, with a meager past class 
percentage marks in your graduation right and then dreaming of entering into financial services which mm. uh, was and i was any which case a late entrant when i was doing that from an age perspective right then then came the thought that i need to sort of compensate this by some higher degree of qualifications for me to be able to make into financial markets mm. Mm. so all this while you know uh, with just a commerce graduation degree on my uh, you know on my name Hmm. i had no need for me to have formal education i started thinking of having formal education for me to make an entry into financial services someday understood and i retook to studies after a gap of almost seven and a half years oh wow and retook to formal studies without being ashamed that if i am the youngest man in uh, uh, in the classroom hmm. i would be ashamed hmm. but let me learn it the way it should hmm. and i retook to studies very seriously thereafter hmm hmm people take sabbatical at a different stage i took the sabbatical at a different stage maybe mm, mm. and for different reasons also and for a very different reason right right now uh, in most of the mba admissions that you want to have you need to have a minimum of certain percentage of passing marks in your graduation hmm and when you when you passed out your basic graduation with a very mm. minuscule marks it was almost by force that i had to do one more graduation degree for me to get an admission in mba someday hmm so for no other reason i did my low graduation right just that that i needed beyond 50% marks for me to be able to qualify for an mba admission somewhere right uh simon tedesty i had also done my post graduation uh, in computer science as well but uh, you know so i can do a one degree and one diploma together so i did that and said now i will have to be in an overdrive in terms of adding my academic qualifications then got into nba much later okay. just for me to be able to qualify for some reasonably decent finance job hmm huh. huh. and that was my entire journey so it did not start with too much of a masala but i added up a lot of masala in the <laughs> later half of my educational career wow pura so it and then added up a total of about you know frankly seven or degrees thereafter to make it wow. look like better wow wow i think it's such a i think i i love the journey and when you said that you took a sabbatical to study and go back it's i think it's a very courageous decision because at that point right. of life when you uh, i don't know whether you were married at that point of time or yes, not yes i was and and honestly speaking without that family support yes it was yes. impossible yes i completely agree so, and this is a time when you have responsibility and i understand that correct. coming from uh, from a middle class family from any part of india when you have yes. pressure of getting married and then going to study i think it, it was an extremely courageous decision which eventually paid off yeah absolutely great great so so my next question to your purva is uh, uh, nobody dreams of of becoming an entrepreneur when they are in school or when they are kids uh, uh, and right. usually people get into entrepreneurship by an accident or something which happens which which they never knew so what were your dreams what you wanted to become when you were a kid and do you remember that uh, last push when with that incident which which pushed you towards entrepreneurship as well so that uh, the second part of your question is something which is relatively recent so that's much more easy for me to <laughs> uh, to remember and narrate sure uh, what i wanted to be uh, in the very initial days hmm. i think it was like a lot of other people wanted to do something which was meaningful and you know you should be a reasonably decent earning member of the family i think that was the only criteria at one point of time that i had the initial periods it was only after when i moved into financial services i became lot more conscious about my career 
And so till that time, till almost like I would say till mid nineties, uh, it was just sailing through just like, you know, any other normal person would have had, but it was not very career focused hmm. uh, approach to the life and, and to the career as well. Hmm. Mid nineties is when uh, you started having the feel that uh, you know, now having taken the sabbatical, uh, having got all the family support that you would have thought about also, or, you know, even beyond now it is for your time to give, uh, give it back in a, in a positive way and do something big and, and cover it up. So the mindset of covering it up now was something which was there. And that's where the accelerator uh, came about for, for the carrier. Like anyone else, the first foot in the door was required for someone to be able to trust me for my journey from uh, software development into financial services. So, you know, there's one gentleman who trusted me very initially and felt that I could possibly do well, even in financial services. Hmm. and have a lot of respect for that man who gave uh, you know, that opportunity to me. So moved into uh, a financial services company, NBFC, in the mid-90s, hmm. when NBFC was not in the best of the shape uh, as an industry. Hmm. Hmm. But I always believe that the good time to learn is when uh, the outside market is not so good. Hmm. So it was uh, a very, very interesting time for uh, learning and personal growth. Hmm. Hmm. and ended up uh, learning and a lot of merchant banking activities at that time. Hmm. So started working with a network of people uh, into resource mobilization kind of activities. Right. And that relevant business development activity is something which uh, started off uh, within the financial services. Understood. So, so that was the uh, uh, initial journey. Hmm. No thought of entrepreneurship at that time whatsoever. Hmm. And even distinctly, it, it was not there in the mind because part of that middle class family where entrepreneurship was not in the blood, right. uh, we did not have any uh, entrepreneurs in the family as well. Hmm. Hmm. And obviously that was not the dream. Right. It just happens and I'm jumping straight towards the later half hmm. that uh, because I worked with few startups hmm. or business verticals, which were relatively new. Right. So even when I would have worked in an established organization, but if that established organization is setting up a new division and if I am to head that division, hmm. that was a new learning completely. And that was more like a startup any which case in an established organization. So with those three or four experiences like those, hmm. I started developing this confidence that if I were to do something of my own, I don't think there is a risk of failure as much as I would have otherwise thought about, or if I would not have had this rich experience and exposure, both, hmm. I would have failed as an entrepreneur, but I started gaining that confidence that I can do well. Great. And, uh, in my last, uh, job assignment, uh, which incidentally was with a wealth management firm. And I was the first employee of that wealth management firm. You ended up learning right from the very scratch of the business development. And, uh, you know, had a great mentor again at that time. So, you know, I've always been blessed with uh, great bosses mm. and that also helped. Uh, so then I got the confidence that if I were to get into something which is relatively niche and which I will speak about when in my due course, right. I did not have the risk, uh, or I did not think about the risk of failure thereafter when mm. I got into this, I knew that there will be gestation period. Obviously I knew that that is not going to be as easy as 
you know, one can put it across in an Excel sheet. Right. But uh, I had some degree of understanding that life is beyond Excel sheet and I should be in a position to navigate. So that's how. So it, the seed of entrepreneurship, I would say, was like close to about seven and a half years back. Hmm. I took about six to eight months for me to gradually prepare myself uh, that I may take a decision like this. Uh, of course, with a you know with complete uh, backing and confidence of the family, right? And that then became an easy job, of course. Great. So, so to our listeners, why don't you explain? Because a lot of people don't understand how the how your business works, what you do. If you could explain it in two thirty simple words for to so that everybody understand that what is the business all about and and what do you and your company does? Okay. So I think Abhishek, this is the toughest question if you would limit me to 30 words. Right, so I'll I will add, Apurva, I'll add one more layer of it yeah. so that anybody who is even in 8th standard can understand this. Right, okay. So no, no, that, that I, can, I can explain. The only thing is that uh, I'll need more than 30 words for sure because yeah, sure. it's really sure. difficult otherwise. Sure. So let me explain in very simple terms. Uh, we, are more, uh, we are actually a consulting firm working on the B2B space in wealth management. Now, most wealth managers that people would know would be managing individual or institutional investors' money. Hmm. So a wealth manager would guide an investor where the money should be invested in, uh, you know, what kind of mutual funds to choose and likewise, or what kind of stocks to buy and likewise. Right. Now, this is something which is typically a B2C business domain. I chose to work in the B2B domain because I wanted to work with other wealth managers, helping them scale up their businesses rather than me managing individual investors money. So this is more like a consulting work with other wealth managers on guiding them and providing them access to interesting and innovative investment products. Hmm. So we do, uh, you know, do a lot of scanning and search and scanning of investment ideas. We do a lot of comparatives uh, on various investment options. Uh, critically evaluate a lot of these kind of options and help other wealth managers understand those options which are typically beyond mutual funds or generic simple products. So we help them understand complex products and hopefully be able to onboard those products to their end clients. Mm. who may require slightly complex product ideas. To, to give you a very simple example, if suppose somebody, uh, some family has an aspiration that the kids want to study outside of India over the next three to five years for their higher studies, and you want to start building a certain dollar investment portfolio for them right now, so that when they shift outside India, they should have reasonable kitty with them for them to use that money for good use. Mm. The moment you need that kind of planning, it requires a very different skill set and access points for you to have understanding of global markets and to be able to have those kind of products with you. We help other wealth managers to have those kind of access and due diligence of those investment products. So that's in a nutshell my business. Understood. And I think this is something which which everybody can understand and then uh, you know take take we can move forward from here so yes. uh, apurva i i understand that uh, and i i think you're one of the most courageous people i have met who have got into entrepreneurship uh, both because you got into studying when you know that the power is with knowledge 
so so my question is is actually i'm changing uh, 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 this question a bit when you went back to college how how was the vibe around how were people treating you did were you feeling uh, uh, i mean obviously you must be feeling a bit different but uh, how how was the overall uh, what was going in your head when when you went back to college so first i i went into college with a thought that uh, i'm going there because i have a need for formal education hmm i am not going there to develop a network of friends which i would have thought about in my usual graduation days right so the purpose was different right but i will give a lot of credit to uh, the people around because i was accepted very easily and uh, just like any other normal uh, similar age person only hmm. so it was like a very friendly and cohesive group that got automatically developed hmm it helped me also in terms of developing a comfort to deal with younger generation lot more easily right right because otherwise i would have always felt uh, you know the senior citizen tag right very early from my uh, you know earlier days but that did not happen right and that made me slightly more adaptive to uh, lot many things so i would give a lot of credit to those environment hmm. that i get and i still am in touch with uh, those friends who you know will always remain much younger to me but yes that was a great uh, vibe that i got around right i also believe that i did not spoil uh, the vibes for them while i was there along with them so right. i think it was it was easy i don't think i had uh, any challenge in my those days industry so and nor was there any hesitation that i had when i was doing this because there was fairly decent family backing which was uh, available even at that time sure sure so that was easy great so so before we move ahead apurva and we when we get to into detailed conversation on entrepreneurship and the various yes. factors of about entrepreneurship uh, i i wanted to uh, stop here and talk about uh, so that people who are listening to this podcast and who who always see entrepreneurship something which is full of glamour which is good which is cool uh, what are what are the three myths which you would like to bust right away about entrepreneurship so people who are not seriously interested should not move ahead because now we are going to get deeper into the conversations very so true those three myths correct so uh, so the first thing which i uh, i have always felt and that is true even in my case and i was very clear when i did that mm-hmm. is that i believe you should focus only on plan a right rather than looking at the other 25 alphabets uh, you know at all right because if you are not confident of plan a the plan b is never going to work right uh so you need to do all your homework around your plan a and stick to plan a mm-hmm. so i i keep on saying that the only flexibility that you can have is uh, uh, whether it is a uh, you know a capital a or a or a small case a is the only difference of flexibility that you should have <laughs> so be flexible around your plan a Hmm. but i don't think you need to get into plan b if it is not complementary to plan a hmm. Hmm. plan b should be complementary to plan a if you want to do that and if you do that i right. don't think there is any major issue the challenge that i have seen across many people hmm. is that right on day when you have your plan a b and c ah. you feel that you are doing a great planning hmm. but then you are doing a great injustice to your plan a hmm. Hmm. you should do your homework well undoubtedly you should uh, Uh, and again most common mistake which i have seen lot of people making hmm. is you first start with a defensive that what if it goes wrong right. is what you start with 
Right. I think that's a negative attitude for someone to start with. Your first thing should be, if this works, where it can reach to. If you have that, then your, your floor is set. But the moment you start on the negativity, your floor is like, you know, is, is very deep down. Mm. So my, uh, my take has been that entrepreneurship is all about if you are able to dream better. Huh. And then your focus should be uh, more in terms of at what scale you will reach at a certain milestone or a certain milestone of your life. Right. Uh, and then come to, uh, on, of course, you need to, you know, you need to work on your risk factors of the business, but that should come secondary and that cannot be the primary decision. Hmm. Hmm. So guys, this is, I think, a very important uh, point which Shapurva has mentioned about entrepreneurship. So people who only look at the brighter side be aware that and in fact i i i tell to my students the people i talk to is that if you are not a good employee you cannot be a good employer so you need to have both the, and and i think uh, before we started this podcast i was talking to apurva and i think one important thing which which happens is uh, apurva said a very apt word is is that uh, experience is other it is more important that you need to have the exposure so do not count yourself uh, if you have so much experience, but exposure is also very important. And this is what, what you uh, mentioned about. So coming to my next question, Apurva, is obviously moving uh, from an employee to an employer is, is a very big change. So uh, what changes did you feel in your professional life as well as your personal life? So... Uh... See, not much has changed, very frankly speaking, on either of the two things, which is like a little unusual statement. And I know that this is very unusual when I talk to other people also uh, like me. Right. Uh, but you, you have actually answered this in your part only. Uh, mm-hmm. You cannot be a good employer if you were not a good employee. I completely believe in this. Right. So right. as an employee, I never took my job as a nine to five job. Okay. And if you don't take a nine to five job in your mind, then converting yourself into an entrepreneur is not too difficult because that again is not going to work in nine to five zone. Right. Even the family was used to uh, beyond nine to five uh, when I was an employee. Mm-hmm. The family is used to the same scenario even today. So things have not changed even on the personal front. Right. It still remains very much the same. The only difference that has happened is that the fixed salary which was getting credited on the first of the month doesn't get credited. Uh, uh. Right? That's the only difference. Mm. But it doesn't change much otherwise. Understood. Second thing is, even as an employee, if you are not working like uh, an entrepreneur, mm. you're no longer a wanted employee today in this market, in, in this environment. Mm. Mm. Every employee is required to be entrepreneur uh, bent of mind in this market conditions. Understood. And therefore, life doesn't really change much in that sense. Mm. Particularly, I say so in the financial services domain where I work. It does not make much of a difference between two is my take. Understood. Mm. Mm. So, so, uh, so my question to you is, uh, uh, this is what, what you're talking about, not changing, but uh, what is the change in the mindset when you move from uh, this border of line to that border of the line. So one thing which uh, changed a lot, which is what I am seeing very easily, hmm. is that now I know that the scope uh, for uh, the development of the business is huh. absolutely infinite. 
Ah. With all due respect to all employees, right? The challenge or or the the biggest uh, positive that I see of being an entrepreneur is that earlier, whether I like or not, I will have to be within the domain which has been assigned to me. Understood. By being an entrepreneurial bent of mine, I might end up helping couple of my colleagues on and off here and there, and uh -huh. it creates a nice environment of working in an office. But today I can be right, you know. i can be a head of hr or i can be head of accounts or i can be anything the way i want hmm. and that experience uh, exposure and the thrill of doing everything at a time okay is of a very different nature understood so earlier it was very easy for me to assign any matter with regards to uh, hr to somebody else in the team and say you look in only if this candidate is something which is fitting into other criteria i would want to meet hmm today i don't mind spending two or three rounds of interviews with somebody if i want to because i need to be very sure what decision i'm taking right earlier that decision was partly shared with few other people uh, and i was only giving a final yes or a no for my my decision right understood now that makes a difference so every every segment that you work with hmm. you work with complete ownership now because you don't have to fall back on anyone yeah. or i can't shift the blame on anyone if in other words i were to put this across right right so so my next question to you apurva is is uh, uh, i think you have you spoken about a very important point that at the end of the day when you go back to home you know that you are responsible for so many things right. so and and the responsibility increases but my question to you is is does entrepreneurship becoming an entrepreneur also makes you a better human being in your personal life have you felt any changes uh, in in that aspect as well uh so the answer is yes it it does to a certain extent change uh, good or bad i can't really comment but it does change huh. for instance uh, uh, you know businesses and we've seen that uh, you know over a long period of time because if i'm talking about a total of 35 years of work experience huh. in this period you would have seen various kinds of business cycles i don't use the word market cycles but very varied business cycles is what obviously you would have seen hmm and i can easily recall five or six such cycles where the businesses would have undergone lot of stress hmm now in such scenarios as an employee your reaction to situation would be very different than what your reaction would be as an employer right today somewhere at the back of the mind you have to look at your balance sheet before you take any harsh or aggressive decision hmm as an employee you were indifferent to some of these things so you were at that point of time you were trying to be good with everyone mm. and somewhere that mindset of an employee remains that while you do everything you also have to look about look about the protectiveness of your salary and job right here that protection is something which is completely out and you have to take a decision which is lot more rational uh. at times even harsh decisions because for business it is important that the business survives right you have to take care of the ship first before you take care of the people on the ship mm -hmm. that's an absolute reality which you can't hide right and, and I, I, i and this is very yes. candid but this is a statement which i have to make you right. have to in the larger interest take care of the ship first as a captain and i think i think this is very apt in seeing the current situation and correct that a lot of people are saying we are heading towards a recession don't take decisions which are emotional take rational think from your balance sheet first i know it it might sound a bit rude it might sound a bit harsh but that is the right thing which you have to do correct that's actually many times this is the only choice also 
right right completely agree with you apurva and i and i think uh, a very important discussions happening is apurva guys those who are listening to this podcast and and i am trying to take as much insights as possible from apurva from his such a long career both as an employee as as an, as an employer from all from multiple categories so uh, apura uh, uh, this is a question which i i like asking everybody who comes on this podcast is uh, uh, who whom do you admire in uh, whether that person is in your industry or anybody else from entrepreneurship domain or somebody who inspired you to become an entrepreneur as well so uh, so first of all i uh, i admire actually a total of three gentlemen who with almost equal degree of uh, you know uh, importance in my life hmm first was uh, the gentleman who was the executive director of the stock exchange uh, in good old days when i used to work uh, with the exchange in rajkot hmm because he was a man who sort of nudged me to <coughs> take up finance as a domain Mm-hmm. and uh, you know that of course was one gentleman whom i admire a lot uh you know his, his name is mr as jaykumar who used to be the executive director of the exchange at that time second gentleman was the man who helped me uh move from the software development activities to uh, uh the activities in uh, in financial domain right and uh that was a gentleman uh, uh by name mr hm joshi hmm. who helped me uh, move into financial services and groomed me very well in the initial days when i was new in the financial services right so i was really blessed to have someone like him as uh, as my boss and the third gentleman uh, a relatively recent example uh with whom i worked and worked very closely and learned a lot uh is a gentleman by name uh, mr utpal shet who is the uh, CEO and partner with the Rakesh Junjunwala firm Rare Enterprises, and uh, you know I learned a lot in terms of what entrepreneurship is all about. Right. And I very well remember my first meeting with him, huh. and uh, uh, you know expecting that you know, and I was supposed to be the first employee of a new business which he was setting up. Hmm. So it was from that context uh, that interview was being set up, and I had gone to meet him. trying to understand the mind of uh, uh, an entrepreneur who was to hire me right and very interesting statement that he made is that uh, uh, which is extremely rare for an entrepreneur of today to say so is that apurva we we wouldn't mind if we don't break even in the first 7 to 10 years hmm right so just don't worry let's build business which is a right kind of business hmm. just ensure that we build a business where we don't lose a client for 10 years now it is impossible for me to think normal circumstances an entrepreneur who talks about that we don't mind if we, even if we don't break even in in 7 to 10 years people want break even uh, break even to happen almost overnight and today people ask that you know how quickly can you start generating revenues in these times if someone gives you this kind of freedom for you to build right kind of businesses that job is no different than entrepreneurship and i have learned a lot from these three gentlemen right 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 and apua which is your favorite book on on entrepreneurship or or any any other category as well which you would like to suggest to our listeners so uh, i i read a lot of uh, uh, books on investments only okay but i i 
can't really uh, recall any book that I would have read on entrepreneurship, to be very frank. Okay. Because uh, somewhere I have felt that I am not moving in the traditional entrepreneurship uh, where I am setting up a startup with employing too many people and all. We always say that consulting business is, uh, is a business of depth and not about uh, the width. Right. right. And you know, since you're going to be small but impactful in, in what you do, Hmm. Uh, we keep on saying that, you know, we will never order more than two large size pizza for lunch in office. Oh. <laughs> now with that uh, in mind, and we're not, you know, having as any aspiration to grow in, in the head counts, hmm. Hmm. my entrepreneurship style would, would differ a lot with most of the other entrepreneurships that we're seeing right. in the startup domain. Hmm. So to that extent, I, I wanted to use my learning and the people around. Hmm rather than reading it from book and trying to implement something out of the book. Understood. Because I believe that I will learn a lot more practical things from people around, right. irrespective of the age and anything, hmm. rather than reading it from, uh, from a book. Sure, sure. So my book uh, reading is, is confined to glance, which I do very regularly. I do spend a lot of time on academics, but not uh, the cover page to the end page in okay. most cases. Understood. Any book which you would like to recommend to people who want to get into investing or want to understand basics of investing as well? So I, I do maintain that, uh, you know, for someone to do that, uh, read a lot about Warren Buffett because there's a lot to learn from him for sure. Hmm. You, you learn a lot about uh, investing discipline right. uh, from him. And that I think is a very, very important thing for anybody in investment domain. Sure. Sure. Great. Great. So, uh, uh, we talked about a lot of things uh, about entrepreneurship, Apurva. And my next question, again, is, is a twofold question. Uh, we have, in fact, we have seen entrepreneurship being glamorized in last five, seven years and, you know, such a bubble and all these things. Uh, but a lot of people don't understand the darker side of, of, of uh, entrepreneurship. For example, you just spoke about that seeing the situation currently, you have to take some tough decisions and and it might happen that a lot of people might not like you because of the decision which you take, but right. which, which you know that for a, for a longer term, this is the right decision which, has, which needs to be taken. Uh, it also brings a lot of stress, a lot of depression on entrepreneurs. And we have seen extreme cases where people take uh, uh, very, very serious calls as well. So right. my, my question to you is, uh, one is how do you cope up uh, with stress and anxiety, which is definitely part of one. You cannot... No matter what, at what stage of your company you are, you will always bound to feel all these things. So how right. do you cope with these things and to people who are, who want to get into entrepreneurship, uh, what is your suggestion and what are your, what is your wisdom, which you'd like to share with these people so that they can also take care of themselves as human beings also. So Abhishek, this is a very interesting question. Frankly, uh, I would divide this in two parts. First part is that somebody who is getting into entrepreneurship, hmm. uh, the stress or depression for that is very different than once you are into it and then you're facing the depression. So I'll divide this in two different parts. Hmm. My experience is that, uh, uh, you know, many times entrepreneurs end up starting uh, on, a, on a wrong foot. So if there is inadequate planning, you are likely to have a little, not little, but much higher degree of stress. Hmm. We've seen a lot of people making this mistake of, uh, and today entrepreneurship is a synonymous word with, uh, with startups. Hmm. Entrepreneurship earlier used to be setting up a business. The startup word is a relatively new word in that sense. 
but today most of the people want to immediately get into business with somebody else's money ah right 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 so you set up your goals in such fashion and you start aspiring that you want to repeat the success story of an xyz startup hmm. and if this startup is valued at this then your idea should be valued at this minus this or whatever hmm. i don't think one should look at that when you set up a new business so whether it is entrepreneurship startup or business whatever word that you use hmm. think about it uh, very very coolly but first as best as possible look at your source of capital that you will have hmm. and the role that you will be able to play in this i've seen stress levels much higher for those people who have taken some money hmm. with the hope that next round you will be able to do this and then if that milestone is not not achieved hmm. and you start seeing struggle that's where the stress and the depression of an entrepreneur is at its peak right uh so if you have had your planning done very very rightly i think you can to a large extent mitigate your stress and depression hmm. at start itself okay there are a couple of very common mistakes that i have seen people making is that if you do not need money or even if you need money be as much discreet as possible about your need for money for business and reach out only to relevant people rather than making big bang publicity that you are in fundraise game hmm uh, a mistake which i have seen lot of people making because the moment you you make yourself available for the fundraise game and if for whatever reason if you are not able to raise the capital in due course hmm people by doing a little google will be able to find out that you were in fundraise game 2 years back also you were still looking for funds nobody has given money to you right now hmm. in this 2 years period Hmm. something fundamentally should be wrong with you i don't want to give you money you yes. will end up losing your chance of raising capital if you made publicity of your fundraise at a wrong time in front of wrong people hmm hmm right so these are some of the pitfalls which you can avoid if you were very discreet but very preplanned in terms of a, your approach of raising capital hmm hmm that's one second thing is it's always very important to have a right mentor at the early stage of business right for every stage of business there are different skill set that people will require i can't claim that i will take my business you know i will be able to take my business up to ipo stage without anybody's help it's impossible mm. near impossible mm. you might have one or two examples in indian stock market before but the reality is that you need different set of people helping you guiding you and there could be change of bet and also that can happen Hmm. beyond the point it may so happen that i may not be able to take my business beyond a point and someone else will take over and run the business thereafter the ownership pattern can change i could be become a minority shareholder i should look at it from an angle that where my wealth will generate more is more more important for me rather than owning 100% of a company which doesn't do anything great hmm. now if an entrepreneur's mind is flexible enough to take all those kind of bets then automatically your level of stress and depression would be much lesser sure. but when i start something and i want to be rigid of 100% ownership or maximum ownership and want to take somebody only for the sake of money then i think i'm making a fundamental mistake of taking a wrong set of investor and then you will have a different problem sure. for established businesses the challenges are slightly different most often the challenges are posed because of external environment is what my take would be uh, somebody would have got into some of those businesses and covid would have turned the business upside down 
very few businesses will have flexibility for it to maneuver out of these tough times. Mm. That you have to live with and you can't do much. And that's a business risk that one carries as an entrepreneur. But I also believe that a one-time entrepreneur doing good in one business will not start from scratch in the second business if the first one fails. You will always start at a certain base because you've had enough learning of do's and don'ts of the first failure. Mm. So I don't think failure really is a, uh, you know, is a stigma that one should carry really too long in the mind. It's okay and you need to move on. I really love the point which you made that irrespect if you fail or if you grow, if you start a new business, it is, you're never starting from zero. You, Absolutely, you yes. have certain lessons. So uh, my, my next question to Apura, which again is, is, uh, is a bit on the philosophical part as well as bookish knowledge and the real uh, life. So a uh, lot of times we hear, uh, uh, you know, uh, business people or top people or uh, books talking about that whatever is your core competence, you should not move away from that core competence. And, and in fact, we have seen a lot of brand case studies also in which they say that the moment this brand moved away from their core competence, they could not survive. So what is your take on, on, on this point? And as you rightly said that a lot of businesses because of COVID and all these external situations, they have to, they have to pivot. So uh, what is the right, what is the, I mean, obviously there's no right answer, but what are your uh, suggestions and wisdom which you would like to share with us? So I do maintain that uh, one should work within the core competence only because if you are not working in the area of your core competence, then you will have a lot higher degree of competition in the marketplace, no matter which industry you are in. Hmm. A core competence is a distinct advantage and you should continuously harp upon that. Mm. as a segment. So this is something which I completely believe in. The uh, nimble side of the business where it comes in is the fact that, uh, you know, you, while you're running it uh, with your core competence, the real advantage of core competence comes in in various scenarios, how you are able to adapt yourself to situations. Mm. So that is where the word adaptability comes in picture. And if you are not adaptable to those situations, core competence will be of little use in the next market cycle okay. or next business cycle. Mm. Now, for instance, to give an example, uh, you know, a traditional wealth manager, and I keep giving this example uh, a lot, some about 20, 25 years back. And if I, you know, I keep asking this question to youngsters as well, that if you check with your, uh, you know, with your father and ask him that, who was the biggest advisor for financial products few years back? Hmm. The most typical answer would be that the insurance agent who used to come used to be our biggest advisor at that point of time. Hmm. Right. And that is absolutely fine. And that was the only way uh, advice used to happen hmm. uh, a couple of decades back. But today the entire industry has evolved and there are not many other qualified bunch of people who have come across who give far more qualified advice on investment matters. Right. Most of those people at that time who were doing good were not able to adapt to the situation that we need to move and understand and learn newer products which are coming in the wealth management space. Mm. They confined to the traditional product and product segment only. If you could not visualize the change, mm. then disruption is bound to happen. Okay. And I think that to avoid the disruption, 
you need to be having constant look at outside what is happening. Mm. Uh, if the rate of change outside is higher than the rate of change internally, then you are most likely going to get disrupted is what we say. Okay. So I think uh, the point here is that if you have core competence, build it in this fashion that you are adaptable enough and constantly think of innovative ideas within your own segment mm -hmm. for you to be relevant. And last but not the least, if you do not add value mm. today, mere connecting or mere networking is not going to get you business. You mm. need to be in the business of value no matter what business you're in. Right. Whether you are an interviewer in the podcast or you are being interviewed in a podcast, mm. the same rules apply. Sure. Sure. Great. Great. So, so uh, uh, I understand the, the point, uh, uh, Purva. And uh, since, since you also spoke about mentors which have helped, and I really like the, the fact that you said that you're not much into reading the books, but rather than having practical experiences. So do you remember any of the advices which, which somebody gave you probably when you started your career and which, which you still follow uh, in your life? Oh, plenty. Not <laughs> many, honestly. Please, please share some free advice with all of us. Yeah. So, so the first thing uh, is the word core competency that I spoke about. Huh. Uh, I think there was a lot of time which was spent in terms of designing the business model that we got in. Hmm. Uh, and we looked at very, very small things and this happened because there was a lot of collective discussions that happened with various bunch of people. Hmm. So, uh, you know, so one of these things that we had in mind was that if you are getting into the wealth management space, you are the nth member in the wealth management industry. Hmm. How relevant would you be in the next three or five years is something which you need to know right now when you are setting up the business. Hmm. So, yeah, and these are like things that people helped us uh, frame. So right from the name of the firm to everything, there was a thought process and there was an enrollment of a couple of people that we had mm. uh, that we came across. So first uh, thing was that, uh, you know, one of my friends had asked me a question that there are, of the two businesses, why do we want to, uh, why do you want to look at B2B part of the business mm. and not B2C? Right. Right. And uh, then there was a lot of deliberation around this as to what are the pros and cons of getting into B2C versus B2B. Mm. But if uh, for a very long time in your life, if you worked in those roles where you are helping other people to uh, set up, uh, you know, their right practices or right kind of understanding on products. So mm. in my last role, I was uh, you know, heading products as a function for a wealth management firm. Mm. So would have evaluated products in, in various segments and would have developed my own understanding uh, basis those and all. So the idea was that we get into a B2B space and help others. Now, if I want to do that, then I need to be very sure that I need to be out of the glamour of visibility. In mm. B2C business, I need to be a visible businessman. Mm. In B2B business, I don't need to have visibility as much. Understood. Because uh, I am now helping someone else to do businesses. Mm. Now, I don't need to have visibility in that segment then. If I was managing individual investors' money, I wanted more and more people to know what I'm doing and how I'm advising. Mm. But here I deal with a target segment where I know I have to pick up the phone and speak to a few people and say, look, this is how I can add value. I don't need so much of publicity, which other businesses would. Oh. That changes the DNA of the business. So you first go on the fundamentals of your own DNA. 
right. and how do you want to build the character of the organization mm. Mm. so building the character of the business that you build in uh, you know that itself is an exercise which will do a lot of good things and a lot of help had come in in terms of you know what kind of client communication or what kind of partner communication we will have at what stage right how we will help somebody grow their businesses to what extent we will have a visible you know uh, uh, marketing collateral including a website and all so you know in b2b business it could be very skeleton it doesn't make a difference if i was in b2c part of the business it would have been a very very different uh, kind of a structure mm. so those are things which were initial inputs that we had from many people sure sure and then you of course keep on uh, you know learning is something which you always keep on adding right right so apurva my uh, uh, so again so taking from where you ended so you spoke about uh, uh, all these things but my my next question is i mean again which is very topical question which lot of us are seeing currently and there have been news about there is a next recession which is coming in this is happening that is happening but what advice would you like to give to people who are planning to get into entrepreneurship at this stage uh, i'm sure you you are somebody who has seen uh, probably at least two to three recessions also into the past what are learnings and you were in the industry you were in the middle of since you spoke about harshad mehta scam as well and, and all these things when it happened you were you were at the financial uh, industry right. so uh, what do you foresee for people who are seeing this for the first time in their life what is your suggestion on Abhijit, both investment is, as well as on on being an entrepreneur at this point of time so abhishek honestly these are uh, real tough times i may have, i may boast of saying that i have seen business cycles hmm. but very honestly uh, a business cycle and every business cycle has been different in its own way hmm. but this time around uh, the business cycle is affecting businesses economy and life all three together okay honestly mm. speaking is unprecedented mm. Mm. so i may sound a little pessimist here but we need to take a very realistic toll of what is happening in the entire world today mm. this is very very different than what we have seen in the past okay mm. this is going to change the course of many businesses like never before mm. and that is an absolute reality mm. one piece of uh, advice if i can i can use that word Mm. to entrepreneurs now would be that you need to have a much longer buffer for your survival in the business if you are getting into business now okay take a call and say that i have visibility of business or i have a buffer for me to last for one year or two years mm. now you need to have a little longer buffer if you want to get into entrepreneurship mm. that is a reality because if you are getting into a startup it is going to be difficult for you to get the money very easily mm. uh for you to run the business and on somebody else's money mm. that's one second thing is you need to really think not twice but many times over whether the business that you are going to get into is long lasting enough and what are the kind of risk factors that you envisage for that for a foreseeably long period of time mm and you will have to do that kind of stress test for yourself in various scenarios mm. Mm. the challenges will come from business dynamics it will also come from large and established players uh, a giant in uh, you know in technology space may enter into 
non-related business and can create a competition for you overnight tomorrow. Mm. Mm. Right? Uh, an IT giant who is not into anything to do with travel businesses mm. will start offering by virtue of you know being a very nice browser available to everyone. Mm. Will start offering online travel ticketings there. And if you are in an online travel ticketing ticketing business, right, you might end up facing a competition with a giant whom you can't beat. Mm. So think twice about your business model where you are, mm. and where is the moat of that business going to come from? Mm. If it does not have a moat, mm. uh, keep recycling your business thought process and get into something else. Don't jump into entrepreneurship because if you are tired of uh, you know employment, mm. think of it only if it is meaningful, and Last but not the least, it must have a reasonably good buffer with you for your survival. Right. Entrepreneurship is okay. Otherwise, these are not a very, very friendly time for someone to think about. Right. So, Apurva, I, I, you really, uh, so this is a thought which I was in fact thinking today when I was in shower, is because of COVID, you, you spoke about that, you know, new businesses, big businesses can enter into uh, other segments as well. I was thinking in another way. Of, uh, of thinking, I, I just since we are talking, I wanted to discuss this with you and get your opinion also on this. Is I feel because of COVID, a lot of uh, small businesses will also have an advantage. So, why I was thinking about this is specifically in my industry, uh, and in fact, anybody who's from Bombay understand that. And if you're going to meet a client, you tell them that my office is at Nariman Point, my office is at B BKC, or, or automatically your price point increases as compared to somebody who says, that my office at Mira Road or at Bhayandar. That is one. Correct. Second is uh, now since we are also seeing a lot of people, for example, I'm also a migrant to Mumbai. I might, I might go now. It doesn't matter where am I staying, where am I working from. So digitally, I can work from anywhere. And I think this, this might also lead to uh, 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 rather than just people who have uh, a power of money or brands which have power of money the shift can also move to people who have actual real potential. So this is what I was thinking. And I wanted to get your opinion also on this. And you, as you rightly said that a lot of things and a lot of behavior will also change. Will this also give an advantage to somebody or a brand which is not very powerful or not backed up by finances as well, but they have the potential. So uh, Abhijit, you've, you've really uh, summed it very well. I completely agree that certain new businesses will emerge and will emerge uh, quite uh, brilliantly, undoubtedly. But we also need to understand uh, the reason why I use the word startups and all that around that time is because a lot of startups have actually groomed in India, hoping somebody else's money or em employing somebody else's money and quick scale. I think uh, there will be a lot of employment generation which will happen in small businesses. Hmm. But if you are harping on somebody else's money only, ah. then there is a challenge. Understood. If there is a merit in an idea, hmm. in fact, this, you know, and this is true for every disruptive times, hmm. you will have newer winners in the businesses for sure. Okay. Small businesses will come out of nowhere because there will be a need which will emerge, hmm. which was not there till some time back. Hmm. Hmm. Today, the way Zoom is being used People earlier used to, you know, be from Nariman point to BKC from one to other meetings. Yeah, yeah. People today move from one Zoom meeting to other yeah. seamlessly. 
yes right so things have not changed much in that sense uh, uh. and and right that the perception between a nariman point or a bkc office to something else mm. is going to get shattered so possibly the need for capital also might get reduced for you to survive in business mm. Mm. so all this is a math work which is a very complex exercise right there are definitely new interesting businesses which will emerge you only will have to look at this thing that where is the value add to your ecosystem going to come out of this business mm. if that answer is yes and it's going to come out then any day uh, getting into entrepreneurship is easy mm. but you need to be sure of that and a little extra buffer for you to survive understood these are two important things yes great great conversations uh, uh, with apurva happening so apurva as we come to the end of uh, our uh, uh, podcast i have two hypothetical questions for you please uh, question number 1 is uh, if you had a time machine and if you could go back in, at any point of your life uh, what changes would you like to make both in your professional and personal uh, life and in the same time machine if you could go uh, ahead in time where do you see you uh, as a person and your company working in next 10 years very interesting questions both first let me take the time machine back and and rewind it sure so possibly the only thing and only one thing which i may want to do is to narrow that gap of 7 uh, 7 1/2 years of my academic time which i wasted in between hmm if i could have bridged that hmm uh then that would have been a much better thing is sure. what my take would be sure uh rest of the things i have never had any regrets of whatever kind because then god has been really very kind so no complaints sure. uh if i have to do fast forward uh i think the only thing is that so far what you've done is to do some degree of value add to the circle around you mm. someone do right kind of businesses and uh, put right global practices in their businesses and you played that consulting role only mm. possibly over the next uh, you know few years i would now want this to be slightly at a wider base for uh, the society at large mm. and possibly a bit more on the academic side to to sort of give this learning back to the younger generation in some form uh, that would be my aspiration over the next 10 years maybe great great sapuru i think uh, it was really a fantastic and i think usually my podcasts uh, uh, i finished my podcast in in 30 to 45 minutes but this was and i think it was a, a one of the best podcasts which which i have done and uh, not just much. from the point of view of business but also learning from the wisdom and philosophy which you gave and i think this is something which which lot of people would admire and lot of people would could relate to this thank you <laughs> so thank, thank you, you for coming on this podcast apurva thanks a lot and uh, it was really great chatting with you my pleasure please and apuru if people would like to get in touch with you how can they contact you how can they get in touch with you okay so uh, uh, i'm there on twitter uh, my twitter handle is a h v o r a a h o r a and i'm also reasonably active on uh, linkedin as well so maybe anyone can reach me out via these two I platforms i can vouch out that apurva is very uh, active on linkedin and very responsive on uh linkedin as well and uh, thanks again apuro for coming on this podcast and sharing your wisdom with us thank you thank, thank you guys and thank you for listening to digital micropreneur and i'll be back next friday with a 
new guests and till then uh, keep following me on uh, digital micropreneur on instagram facebook and abhishek rajpurohit on linkedin thanks a lot thank you all of you thank you bye bye i am stopping the recording now yes